0: from Hope Church, Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. We pray as always that the Lord might bless the reading of His Word. How is everybody? Are we scared? full of fear. <laughs> I promise I won't be uh, any longer than two, two and a half hours. I'll be, I'll be as quick as I possibly can. January's happening, isn't it? It is happening. I noticed we're uh, are we in the teens today. That's pretty good. I'm not even going to mention it, okay? It's my least favorite month, but I'm not going to mention that this year, okay? I'm never going to mention it. This morning, we're in John chapter 2, but um, over the next few weeks, what I was hoping we could do, um, if if you'll come along for the ride, is to have a look at a new series called In the Midst of Miracles. Who wouldn't want to be in the midst of miracles, eh? Amen, Amen, indeed. We want to see miracles. We want to see what the Lord has got in store for us. And you know, this, um, as uh, we're not many weeks away from um, from. Well, we we hide the name this year. We've hidden the name. But the meeting about what the Lord has been doing over the past year in the background, you see this, we see this, but there's also been other stuff happening. um, And we can see that there has been a miracle. Amen. There has been a miracle, and we know that the Lord is faithful, and we want to be in the midst of miracles. And hopefully, over the coming weeks, we're going to have a look at that, and we're going to see all that Jesus did. Um, We're going to pick out just a few of the miracles that are recorded for us in Scripture, and I'm hoping that I'm going to take them as chronologically as I can. It was a word that I only picked up just a few days ago. It was not in my uh, vocabulary, um, but I've managed to squeeze it in somehow. Don't understand what it means. I just know it's in context, so I'm told, all right? But hopefully we'll do that. So what that uh, will allow us to do is just paint a picture of how the Lord went about his work and what the miracles were for. First of all, any idea how many miracles are recorded for us in the New Testament? Jesus' miracles. Any idea? There is quite a few, yeah. The specific number, if you go through, um, is it, it's open to debate, really, although I do believe that there should be 38 because, I, you know, raising from the dead... I think that's quite a miracle, yeah? But but although they don't record it as a miracle of Jesus, but there's 37. And looking through scripture, Jesus performed um, many miracles. Um, and there's so many more in there that aren't recorded uh, for us. As we see, if you look at John chapter 20 um, and verse 30, let's just see what John says here. John chapter 20 and verse 30, he says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And only um, just a page on it tells us again that um, you'd need a lot more space than the world can give to just write down all the miracles that Jesus, um, that Jesus did. But Jesus' miracles aren't just there to fill a gap. You know, you read through the Bible and you think, oh, well, that's a, a nice little story and that's just padded things out a little bit. You know, he had to get to 66 books, I suppose, because that was the idea. And the Old Testament was this big and the New Testament had to be this big and that's why. But no, they're not just there to, um, to fill a gap, but rather they are for something more important. They're not just for entertainment. They're not just to create an audience but they are something quite special. Jesus performed miracles to show that he was the very son of God, the promised Messiah, the savior that we need to rescue us from sin and death. And in seeing um, Jesus and his power and his love for mankind, that we then, as John has put here, that we might believe that we might put our faith in him and we might have life in and through his name. You see, John says, but the uh, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. They're there for a reason. And who are they there for? You and me. That's what they're there for. Not to fill a gap. But so that you, on January the 13th, 2019, we could have a look at this together, and we could go, oh, right, well, I didn't think that was for me, because I wasn't even at the wedding. Ever not been invited to a wedding that you felt like you should have been invited to? <laughs> the times I've bought a nice hat. <laughs> Terrible. It'll soon be wedding season, won't it? It'll soon be upon us, and oh dear, I can never afford the suit, so it has to be yesterday's golf trousers, and everybody said I look like Rupert the Bear. Harsh, but never mind. But you see, we weren't at this uh, wedding, but the story is recorded for us because it's important for us, and you might think, well, what's water into wine got to do with me today? Ugh. Well, it's taken me a while, but I've managed to find something. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. In here is something for us. And I think where sometimes we get it wrong, uh, particularly with miracles, is that Jesus almost had to entertain to keep an audience. You know, he had to entertain to keep a crowd. He had to uh, bring about these signs and wonders um, so that people wouldn't get bored, so that they wouldn't just uh, walk off. But remember, just think about this for a minute, as we know Jesus Christ and we understand what the Bible tells us, you know Jesus was the perfect man. He was God in flesh. Now if that isn't enough for people to want to follow him and to want to listen to what he's got to say, then I don't know what is. Because people would have heard and would have seen that there's something about this guy. In fact, I've never seen him have a cross word. I've never seen him be rude to anyone. I've never heard him say something that shouldn't have come out of his mouth. I've never actually seen him do anything that makes me think that he isn't something special. You know, that's the kind of stuff that people would have seen and heard. And his disciples, first hand, would have understood that. There's something very different about this man, Jesus And here, as we start to unlock it, we can see in this story that actually they get to see something perhaps that even they weren't expecting, that he has power over all sorts of things. And in this first miracle, um, is just over um, water. It seems so unimportant and Jesus turns it into something that we can see from the story is the best, which is very interesting. But like everyone... When we look at Christ, we also, all the time, okay, most of the time, find it very difficult to believe. We find it hard to grasp. We find it hard to understand. And we can sit here very detached from these times, 2,000 plus years later, and go, you know, I struggle with it. I don't get how it relates to me today. And we can find it hard to believe. So Jesus in this time, because this time was no different, because you can say all sorts of things and people go, yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, of course you did. Of course he is. Of course you were. Jesus never put on a performance and he would also never do anything miraculous unless it was necessary. Um, And there are two sort of credentials for why Jesus did his miracles. The first one is that he met a serious human need. And the second one, that it confirmed his identity and his authority as the son of God. Um, And we can understand that, not just because I've said that, but you look in Luke chapter 23, verse eight and nine. And Herod almost he goads Jesus into doing it. Come on, then show us something. I've been hearing about you. I've been. I want to see something. Show me something incredible. And Jesus is like, Nah, I'm not doing that for you, nor anybody else. I'm not here to entertain. And the Son of God. And if you're not grasping that, well, then that's your problem. So to give us a starting point. Jesus' first recorded miracle, as we've seen, is in John chapter 2 and verse 1 through 11. Anybody got an issue with my chronological order yet? Okay, brilliant. That's our starting point, okay? So in this, we read then that Jesus turns water into into wine. And this miracle first uh, gave a show publicly that this man was no ordinary man. His disciples would have seen that and would have understood that from the moment that they were called, they would have thought there's something about this guy. Maybe have heard a few bits, maybe seen him and thought there's something happening here. Um, But specifically now that for everybody publicly, They've seen that there's something special. So that's his first miracle, turning water into wine. Let me take you all the way back to Exodus. That's in the Bible too, right right near the beginning, okay? So in there, Moses is called on, um, and he calls on God um, for miracles to show Pharaoh that he needed to let the Israelites go from captivity, okay, okay? And Pharaoh, being as stubborn as he was, said, no, they're not going, I've changed my mind, they stay in put. And he did that a few times until God hardened his heart and then he had to endure all that was about to happen to him and the uh, to the Egyptians. So the first miracle then that, um, that God told Moses to do um, was to go to the Nile and to stretch his staff out and the Nile would turn into blood. So water would turn into something pretty grim, pretty bad, pretty disappointing. You see, these people, the Israelites, God's chosen people, were in captivity. There was no way of escape other than God delivering them. And Moses was told to go and do that. And Aaron then in the town um, also did as the Lord told him to do. And all the water everywhere, every bit of it, every single bit of water, the bit that you'd got in the bucket that nobody knew about, every bit was turned into blood. That's pretty grim, isn't it? Not only that, but if you've ever been around blood for any uh, period of time, it, it, it's not the nicest smell. It doesn't take long before a a good dose of it stinks and it's nasty. And in this moment, you can start to think, well, that is pretty grim. Why is that significant? Well, we'll journey on. You see, now, in this moment, Jesus, uh, some many years later, is now showing publicly who who he is. And the master of the ceremony... Well, he was going to be pretty embarrassed. Because as these ceremonies went, most uh, we don't know the full ins and outs of how this would work, but normally the wedding would last about a week. Gentlemen, most of us have trouble with a day. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> should be looking at me now. <laughs> but these would have lasted a week, maybe more. That's a long time. But in that, they were expected to put on the very best that they could. Things had to be perfect. Things had to be right. We know that, don't we, gentlemen? We know that. There's a lovely couple at the back that are preparing for a wedding, and I know that everything's got to be right, because if it's not, there will be trouble. And in this moment, well, they they run out of um, wine. Now, that's a pickle, particularly in these days, because the water wouldn't have been particularly great um, and the wine was actually a way of knowing that what you were drinking probably wasn't going to kill you. Um, and that's helpful. Yeah. Okay. So in this moment, they have run out of wine. And what I like is that Jesus uses something that the um, Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those around about, if they'd have seen, they would have been very, 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 very put out. Scripture doesn't record this for us, but these jars that Jesus has said to the servants to go and do. You know, his his uh, Mary's come to him and said, "Jesus, look, they've run out of wine." And Jesus isn't being disrespectful the way that he talks to Mary. It's exactly the same recording for us the way that he talks to her when he's on the cross. It's exactly the same interaction. It's the same language um, in the in the Hebrew, but as we see it, uh, sorry, in the. In the Hebrew but as we see it we get confused a little bit because the translation gets lost but in this moment she's come to Jesus knowing that he can do something knowing that he can do something and she says look they've run out of wine and and Jesus goes okay (laughs) and he says to the servants look take those jars and go and fill them up with water now those jars church were for the Jews. Because they would be, a lot of the time, during the time, would become ceremonially unclean. So they would use that water to rinse their hands as part of the thing that they had to do, ceremonially, to make sure that they were clean and they were rinsed. So they would see those things as important. Those things have got to be there because that's what we do. And Jesus straight away, first miracle, first moment, first public display, literally obliterates it and says, look, you're missing the point. Straight away, you're missing the point. Take those jars, fill them up, and then when you bring them back, take out a ladleful and take it to the master of the ceremony. And that's exactly what they do. Can you imagine? The servants would be like, oh, this is awkward. You know, she's disturbed this, this guy and And he's told us to fill up the water butts and this is what we've gone and done and and now we're here and you're taking the ladle. (laughs) No, I ain't taking it, you're taking it. And they go to the master of the ceremony. You can imagine, can't you, as they pull it out. (laughs) Well, it's it's red, (laughs) that's helpful. And they take it and not only that, the master of the ceremony takes a sip and he's like, wow, you've, you've saved the best till last. You know, normally people give away the rubbish, uh, the rubbish at the end, you know, all the good stuff's at the beginning. And then when everybody's probably had a little bit too much to drink, they don't really care. But, but you've saved the best till last. They didn't know where the, the wine had come from, but the servants did. And they were in amazement, I would imagine, at this situation, at this moment that Jesus has turned water into wine and he's saved the host some major embarrassment. And it's a, a story that you can just take off the um, and, and go, well, that's a story and that's the first miracle and let's close in prayer. But there's always something significant, you see. Firstly, is we know that those jars would have been special to the Jews, and Jesus is saying, it's bigger than that. There's something a lot better than, than what you're doing. You're missing the point about the law. And we're hearing about that on uh, Wednesday evenings at Bible study. Um, if you're able to make it, if not, then we can share the recordings with you. Little plug there, um, and I'll move on. <laughs> Verse 9 and 10 tells us exactly what went off. Now, particularly for us this morning, I referenced Moses and the water being turned into blood in Egypt. And we have to understand, if we can, in this moment, the misery that that would have caused. The Egyptians would have been absolutely desperate. Can you imagine? You can't drink, you can't wash, you can't boil it to clean it up. It is what it is. And it would be desperate and it would start to stink. But God here reveals through his son a new, sweet, better, the best promise that has come. You see, with Moses, God's people were eventually released. With God and Jesus now on earth, the promise had shown he'd arrived that he was here. And this first miracle, this, this showed then that this was the son of God, the messiah. And he has come to free us from the chains of sin and death. He's come to free us and to set us free. Much like the first miracle that happened showed that eventually there was going to be freedom for the Israelites and God was going to deliver them. And here we have our promise and our promise is Jesus Christ. Our promise is this Messiah, Jesus Christ, and he is the very best. He is the sweet. He is the best thing that we could possibly ever want. And God in his goodness has provided us with this means of salvation that we can have life through him and life eternal. You know, God has given his best. And over the next few weeks, as we travel through these miracles of Jesus, we're going to, going to see more of his glory. And if you're, um, and we've started this year off specifically with wanting to grow physically, spiritually in maturity, so that you and I are built up in the Word of God. If you want to do some extra background work, Isaiah chapter 35 is a good place to go, which talks about the promises and the prophecy of this man, Jesus Christ, and his arrival and the miracles that were going to come. But also Exodus chapter 7 through 12, they tell us of the plagues that God poured out on Egypt. And this morning, church, we have the opportunity, we have the opportunity to take a sip of the very best, the very choice wine, that God in his goodness has given his best, and the best is Jesus Christ. And you and I have that chance to say, Lord, I am sorry for the sin in my life. For the wrong things that I've done. I don't want that life anymore. I want to be done with that. And I want the best. And God in his goodness, as we put our faith in him, as we repent of our sin, will give us eternal life through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the promise that we have. So this morning I would encourage you, as this year ensues and this year continues on, not to look for the second rate. Not to look for the stuff that'll just do. Not for the stuff that'll get you by one day at a time. But rather look for the choice. And that's Jesus Christ, the very best. And that's him this morning, amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word. And we just pray, Lord God, as we look over these coming weeks at uh, the miracles that your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, performed. That Father, you might just open up our hearts and our minds to see something more of your beauty. Lord, we just thank you that we indeed have your word, that we have these things recorded for us. And Lord, that we might not take them for granted, but Lord, that we might search, we might look, we might know your word and be doers of your word, as your word indeed encourages us to do. Lord, we just ask that you might bless us this morning, that you might strengthen us. We thank you for all that you've done for us. And as we close in worship now, Lord God, just have your hand upon us, that we might just bring our all to you. Father, we ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk